Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Signifying the Holy Spirit and the water level of the Spirit raising. Every church is being led from glory to glory. Every group that gathers in the name of Jesus, every person in the name of Jesus being led from glory to glory. Where You have only, as Eric Johnson told us several weeks ago, you have only one direction. You're going. And that's from glory to glory. That's where you're going. The water, is the Holy Spirit is rising. There are times when the water level changes. At first it was trickling, then the water level was the ankles, then it was the knees. Then, so the water level changes, it gets deeper and deeper. That's the pursuit we're on at Vine Life. We're in the pursuit of, Lord, we want to go to the next level of the Spirit. We want more of the Holy Spirit. And we want to go deeper. The problem is, when you first start, you know, and the water is kind of like here, and, you know, you still can kind of hold your ground and stay under control. I kind of like this water, but I'm in control. This is good. The Holy Spirit is good, right? Now, some people bail even earlier, but they don't. They don't understand, you know, hey, the water, I don't, I don't get this. I don't get this thing. But there are people who smell water and are attracted to water. And when they get in the water, they go, I, I like the water. I like it. I like it. But then w- there comes a place when the Holy Spirit gets poured out and you lose control, or you have to get out. That's the only... He said he couldn't board it anymore. He could, you know, you could only... He could only swim in it. He couldn't stay in control anymore. And people leave on that note. They're out of any church or any group that's going to that place. But I'm telling you, that's where we're going. We are going into the Spirit. And you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to get this. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, it, be, it looks crazy to you. But, I mean, God's ways are not our ways. I mean, we, we have to enter into the Spirit, into receiving the Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, moving in the Spirit, hearing by the Spirit. We have to become a people of the Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 13. First Corinthians 13. I'm not preaching the message yet. At 1 Corinthians 13, at least I don't think. Verse 1, And I, brother, could not speak to you at as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to babes in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still what? Fleshly. 
He said, for since there is jealousy and strife among you. Now, I'm not delivering that because there's jealousy and strife, and I'm not trying to speak to somebody. For those of you who don't know what's going on. So I'm not after anybody or any situation. It has nothing to do with what's, what's going on here. What I'm telling you is he's, he's saying that, that he could not give them the meat of the word. He couldn't go deeper. He could only give them milk. They were, they were not filled with the spirit. That's the problem. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Must be. We are a people of the Spirit. That's who we are. And we're going deeper. And there are times when the water level changes, and it's changing right now. And it's going to make some of you uncomfortable. You're going to say, what's going on? What is this? Or I'm not getting this. If you don't get it, first get the Spirit. Because you can only get this by the Spirit. Now I think I can go into the message. In Jude, he said there's going to be false teachers at the the close of history. And he said there's a way to protect yourself from false teaching and false teachers. And the way is to be filled with the Spirit and to be in the presence of God. So I want to talk this morning about how we can move into this deeper place in His presence. Would you like to go? Another level of glory? In Jude, there's only one chapter in Jude. I'm going to start with verse 17. He says, but you, beloved, I like that. He's calling us beloved. Dearly, well, loved. That's That's who you are. Father, dearly, Loves you. To you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ that they were saying to you, and the last time it will be mockers. Mockers are those people who have such disrespect that they speak tauntingly against and oppose what God's doing. They're the naysayers. And you can recognize them because they follow their own ungodly lusts. Verse 19, these are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. You see, the mockers are the ones who cause division and do not have the Holy Spirit. He says they're devoid of the Spirit without the Holy Spirit. But that's not who we are. That's not who vine life is. That's not where we're going. We are not people devoid of the Spirit. We are people of the Spirit who have the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we're not worldly-minded, and we don't cause divisions. We We reconcile people to God and to each other. That's what we do. 
We have the Spirit. Now he tells those who have the Spirit what to do to fan the flames of the Spirit so that the water level can rise. Okay, here we go. Look at what he says to do. But you, beloved, remember, remember your beloved. Everything flows out of his love. Everything comes out of being aware you're loved. Keep yourself aware because he says, look, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. There is the challenge. We are a people of faith, and we are to build ourselves up in the faith of God. And, the, and what will attack us is unbelief. That's our enemy, unbelief. And unbelief will confront you over and over to try to diminish you to being a person of faith, to being a people of faith. But a people of faith receive the Holy Spirit by faith, move in the Spirit by faith. And faith is, is the only currency that works in the kingdom. When, when you go to another country, you have to have their currency, Right? I convert my American dollars into Rwandan francs when I go. It's their currency. Uh, The currency of heaven, the currency of the kingdom, I'm sorry, back up. The currency of the kingdom is faith. Faith. So he says, build yourself up in your most holy faith. I like that, most holy. Holy faith. Do you see how precious it is? Precious and valuable your faith is? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith faith calls those things that are not seen uh, into the scene. Makes them a reality. The next thing he says to do is praying in the Holy Spirit. And here he's talking about praying in tongues. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, there's different private languages uh, that you have in the Spirit. But they're languages of the Spirit. They bypass your understanding. The first time you experience that, it, you just, it's like, what? Uh, you know, all of us come into that differently. But, uh, but we are invited, all of us, to come into that experience of praying in tongues. I went through the 70s and the charismatic movement, and that was looked on as being too weird, and people were preaching against it. Preaching against that? It's like, yeah, you would if you're worldly and you're not of the Spirit. You won't get it because it only comes by understanding in the Spirit. It, and so the first time it happened to me is I was driving and I had to pull off the road just because I had so much joy. I mean, I just tapped into joy. It was like, oh, and, you know, I wasn't safe to drive. I was just like, praise the Lord, you know, and uh, so... So when you're being challenged in your faith, one of the things to do is to pray extensively in tongues. Pray until you have breakthrough. Sometimes it takes a while. I've had times when there's so much oppression and so much opposition, so much difficulty. I, you know, I just have to keep praying and keep praying until I have a breakthrough in the spirit. 
Now, this message is not about tongues. I don't have time to go into it deeper. If you want to know more, you can. It's, it's there in the Word, and I'd be happy to talk to you about it. Others here would be happy to tell you. I'm just telling you it's a reality that was given to us to build up our faith, and it works. It works. Stay with it, though. Don't, uh, if, you've, if it's been a while since you've moved in that, find a place to get alone and get before the Lord and spend some time praying in the Spirit. It's really important. Then he says, then he says, uh, after praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in love. That is interesting. If you're gonna, if you're going to continue to fan the flames of the Spirit and go deeper in the Spirit, you're going to have to keep yourself in the love of God. And I can tell you that the, there is the battleground right there, is does God love me or not? That is going to be a battleground. The enemy is going to try to persuade you and convince you because of the circumstances of your life that, the, that God, the Father, does not love you. He doesn't know what's going on, and he doesn't care, and he doesn't love you. That's going to be a battleground. He said, keep yourselves in the love of God. In Romans 8, Paul says, I'm persuaded nothing can separate me from what? The love of God. And then he runs a whole list of everything of heaven and on earth and, you know, trials and, you know, famine, peril, sword, and the whole thing. I mean, he goes through all this stuff that are obstacles that are mountains, really, that come and confront us and try to persuade us and convince us that God doesn't love us. But in verse 36, he said, we overwhelmingly conquer in these things. In other words, we, we don't have to be victims to the difficulties, the mountains that are uh, trying to put us down, whether it's sickness or financial need or relational problems, whatever it might be. We don't have to become victim to those things. He said we are to overwhelmingly conquer in those situations. And, and, and the circumstances don't always change, but you can change. You change first before the circumstances change on the outside. But he said we're to overwhelmingly conquer. How do we do that? Well, we don't let anything persuade us that God doesn't love us. We don't let that mountain talk to us and say, you're not loved. Instead, we talk to the mountain. If you don't talk to your mountains, your mountains will talk to you. And they're going to be negative. And they're going to tell you all kinds of negative things. But we are not to be people, you know, and don't talk about your mountains either. How are you doing? Well, let me tell you about my mountains. It's okay to tell people what you're in and to get prayer and so forth. But listen, we don't, don't focus on those mountains, because when you do that, you make the mountains bigger than God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. We need to remember God's bigger than our mountains. The mountains seem to be permanent, too. It's like they won't move. But Jesus said to his disciples, Speak to your mountains, and they'll move. He taught his disciples to pray. He taught his disciples to praise, and he taught his disciples to proclaim, to speak. He said, speak to the mountains. 
What do you speak? Well, you don't speak what you want to say. You speak what God is saying. You hear him. That's why you have to be filled with the Spirit as you pray in the Spirit. You will hear his voice. He will speak to you, and you speak what he's saying about the situation. And so when you have a mountain, you can keep yourself in the love of God by hearing what he's saying about that mountain and speaking it to the mountain. That's what he was teaching his disciples. Don't talk about them. Talk to them. Don't let them talk to you. You talk to them. That will keep you in the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. We overwhelmingly conquer through Christ Jesus who loved us. Waiting anxiously, verse 21, for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. And he has given us mercy and he has given us grace. And he goes on to say, and have mercy on some who are doubting, uh, save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. What is he saying? The way God has dealt with you, that's the way you need to deal with other people. Don't judge. Judge, by the way, judging, arriving at a conclusion without all the facts, judging is a huge problem in relationships. We judge all the time, and that messes us up. It messes up our relationships, the judgment that we, that we get involved in. So, it's, so don't do that. Don't do that. Message says like this, go easy on those who hesitate in the faith. So we're to warn, exhort, and save people from error. And um, we can help others keep them from falling when we have the power to prevent it, you know, by encouraging them and praying for them. There's a difference between those who are weak and ignorant and those who are proud and arrogant in heart and unwilling to obey the truth. So know the difference. Discern rather than judge. And so he tells us, He tells us what he's done for us, we should do for others. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, last, uh, to keep you from stumbling and make you stand in his, in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. (laughs) I'm going to read that again. (laughs) Now to him who is able meaning he has the power, he has the strength and the willingness to take action here. He is able to do what? To keep you from what? Stumbling or falling into sin and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, his goodness, his greatness, his, oh. He's able to make you stand. How do you stand in his glory? He said, he's able to make you stand in his glory Without fault, without blame, completely innocent. You can stand in his presence without the awareness that you are a sinner because Jesus has taken care of all the sin. You can stand innocent before him 
blameless before him. You go before him, and in his presence, you have this complete sense of being innocent and being loved and blameless. There is no fault. Can you imagine? I find no fault. I find no fault. You are innocent. He said, it it creates great joy. When you stand blameless in his presence, you can do it with great joy. You're going to have great joy. See, joy is connected here to this, this awareness, I'm innocent. I'm forgiven and I'm innocent. This is going through some of you right now. You don't get this in your head. You get this here in the spirit. In Christ, in Christ, you are blameless. In Christ, you are loved. In Christ, you are holy. In Christ, you are faultless. In Christ, you can stand in the presence of God, the creator and father. In Christ. (laughs) All my wrongdoing is All my self-effort is over. All my striving to be loved, forget about it. All my attempts to earn favor and blessing, done. No more striving, no more working, no more effort. (laughs) Just receive. I'm blameless. See, keep yourself In the love of God. Speak to those mountains. And tell them to move. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And come into his presence. And you will experience. See the water level rise. See the water level rise. That's how you do it. The water level is rising. He's teaching us how to go from glory to glory. He's teaching us. And he said, now what do you do when you get in his presence? When you get in his presence, this is what you do. Proclaim his glory, his majesty, his dominion, and his authority. Because that's what he said to our only God, our Savior, Through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. In his presence, declare his glory. In his presence, declare his majesty. In his presence, declare his dominion. In his presence, declare his authority. You, you... Release that in his presence and you will hear him speak to you. You will see the manifestation of his glory. You will see the manifestation of his goodness. You know, it's good that we enjoy worship. This is a church that loves to worship and we enjoy worship. But remember, we not only do we need to enjoy worship, but don't forget, we must enjoy him in worship. 
we, we, I'm a worship junkie. I'm, I'm a, you know, in his pre, I'm a junkie for his presence. love his presence. I totally love his presence. I can't get it why some people would rather go do something else other than get together and be in God's presence. I mean, what can, what's better than that? I'm going to watch, I, Lord willing, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl today and hopefully that'll be fun. But it's not better than being in God's presence. But I've been thinking about something. I want to go to another level here. For years, I've I've spent years in God's presence, recognizing his presence. And I keep thinking, Lord, when will we see manifestation of your glory in your presence? Because I've been in his presence many times and, and walk out wondering, when am I going to get healed? Now, the last tabernacle, I did not feel well. I had something going on, some virus or something. But when I was at the tabernacle, my symptoms went away. I didn't feel my symptoms. They were gone. God was present at creation, but nothing happened until he spoke, let there be light. When God speaks, time, matter, and space have to respond to his word. Sickness will respond to his word. The need for freedom and deliverance and salvation will respond to his word. Creative miracles, all those, everything responds to his work. Now, this is in faith. Unbelief will just, this is in the spirit. You have to come into the spirit to get this. But in his presence, when he speaks, that's when things happen. And I've been, so I've been entertaining that, whoa, whoa, whoa. When I'm in his presence, what is he saying? What is he saying? I'm declaring his glory, his majesty, his dominion, and his authority. He has the power to do what he has the right to do. I'm sorry. He has the right to do to exercise his power. Either way, I think you get what I'm trying to say here. Authority and power. That's who he is. So in his presence, when I'm in his presence, what is he saying? As I'm saying and declaring his glory and majesty, what is he saying? I believe it's a key to releasing the manifestation of his goodness at another level. The water is going to go deeper. We're not just worshiping. We're not just enjoying songs. We're not just having a good time praising. We are after him. We're pursuing him. We're telling him who we see him to be. The God of glory, the God of majesty, the God of dominion and authority. That's who he is. That's who you are, Lord. That's who you are. And we declare who you are. 
in this place. And as we do, as we do, hear his voice. What is he saying? What is he saying? And say what he says. And speak to your mountains. That'll keep you in the love of God. That'll build you up in the spirit. That'll make you stronger in your most holy faith. That will cause you to stand blameless in his presence with great joy. Would you... Would you... There's better days coming. Would you just close your eyes? I know you have mountains in your life today. As the the worship team sings, you can sing along with them. We're going to sing just a little bit worship here. But I'm going to ask you, ask the Holy Spirit to now release the word of the Lord to you. Lord, What are you saying? We're declaring your glory, your majesty, your dominion. (laughs) We're declaring who you are today in this house. Now, Lord, thank you as we worship you. Thank you that you speak to us. There's a oneness with you. There's a fellowship with you. There's a oneness in the spirit we have with you. So as they sing, let the word of the Lord be released to you.
speak to your mountains. Speak to them the word of the Lord. That's what David did when he confronted Goliath, his mountain Goliath. This is what he said to Goliath. He didn't pray. He didn't praise. He proclaimed and he spoke and he said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. There's the mocker, the taunter. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know there is a God in Israel, and that all the assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So Lord, I thank you today. The water level's rising. We're going deeper in the spirit. You're going to cause us to stand holy and blameless in your presence. And in your presence, we declare your glory and majesty, dominion and authority. And we thank you. You're releasing the word of the Lord to us. And we speak the word of the Lord into our life. We speak the word of the Lord into those we love, into our community, even into our nation. We speak the word of the Lord. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. We have no other gods before us. The Lord, he is God. We worship him. And we say, every mountain be removed. Every mountain of human thinking, every mountain of arrogance, that is against you every mountain that where man thinks he's in control every mountain where the political system thinks they're in control every mountain that would oppose you we say be removed in the name of the Lord move in Jesus name in Jesus name every mountain opposing us Spirit of unbelief, move in Jesus' name. Move in Jesus' name. Spirit of fear, move in Jesus' name. Spirit of slavery, move. We're adopted sons and daughters of the Most High God. Our Father loves us. Our Father loves us. We remain in His love. We live in His love. We bask in His love. We enjoy His love. My God shall supply all my needs. If you need love, He gives you love. Whatever you need, that's who He is. We bless your name, Lord. You're the God of glory. You're the God of glory. You're the God of majesty. You're the God of authority. Power, might, and dominion.
some of you are going to experience changes when you walk out of here today. Changes in your body, changes in your thinking, changes in your circumstances. Listen, I had a woman earlier this week tell me how bad things were at work with the new position, new boss, new people working with her. Everything was, even her desk wasn't any good. Her mouse had to be up here, you know. And she was just saying, it's just one thing after another. But she got alone with the Lord, and the Lord began to talk to her, and he began to say, I have my favor on you. You're going to do well at that job. You're going to do a good job. They're going to they're gonna, uh, help you. You're going you're gonna to do well. So just start enjoying it. She came down to me this morning after first service, and she said, I'm a different person. I'm a different person. I'm not under this anymore. The Lord has already talked to me, and he's told me what he's going to do in this situation. He's going to move that mountain. He's going to move that mountain. You should have seen her, the way she looked. She's radiant. let the Lord cover you with his water dive in and lose control and he'll take over and then you'll be telling everybody how good the Lord is let me tell you what he did for me let me tell you what he did for my family let me tell you what he did at work let me tell you what he's going to do for our nation we are not lost we're going to, I'm not going to join the naysayers on this thing. I'm going to keep, we're going to pray and we're going to seek the God of heaven to bless us as a nation. Amen. I should have stopped a long time ago, but I'm having a good time here talking about the Lord. All right, ministry team, would you come?